0: The whole premise for this series is simply there are seasons that we go through where we back up and we either say it out loud, and oftentimes we do, or we just think it in our head. God, where are you now? Where are you now? Now, I want to know where you're at. And I just want to just say that uh, I have a lot of friends that are pastors. And when we go out to Starbucks together and we talk, we ask each other the same exact questions. And uh, I just want you to know it doesn't matter where your relationship with God is, uh, you will always wonder. Uh, What the plan of God is And you will always try to wrestle with God And and try to convince him that your plan is a good one Are you with me? I, I don't know how you talk to God I talk to God like I talk to anyone else And I just say God you know I'm making sense right now You know this is good This is a good idea Come on I'm not asking for a million dollars. I'm not asking for a yacht. I'm not asking to win the lottery. Well, I have prayed that prayer, but I just, just get on my side and move this thing along here. And so there, is, uh, there were three people in the Bible that were really, really good friends with Jesus. Anytime Jesus came to Judea, he would spend the night at this particular house with these three people it was his good friend Lazarus and his two sisters Mary and Martha and uh, they were they were close Uh, do you have a family that you just spend time with you're just close to them and uh, the uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus hit a really difficult time because Lazarus came down extremely ill and uh, he was about to die and so they sent a message to Jesus and uh, this is what happened let's read about it Uh, it's in Mark chapter 11 verse 11 it reads like this a man named Lazarus was sick he lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair her brother Lazarus was sick So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. Verse number five. So also Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? I feel like I dropped out in the monitors maybe. He said he stayed where he was for the next two days. So they sent him a message and Jesus didn't come. Uh, He stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Now what I just did is I jumped to the bottom of that chapter Lazarus already died. He was in a grave, and Jesus walks up to the grave and he says, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, Unwrap him and let him go. I feel like the monitors are different than they were before, uh, but if you can't fix it, it's going to be okay. Um, the, uh, the, the part that jumps out at me right away is when Mary and Martha say, it's starting to sound better if you're moving a knob, keep moving that one. Um, <laughs> that's a good knob. You got like 50,000 of them. Just move that one right there. Um, the, G, G, Mary and Martha said to Jesus, Lazarus is dying. And then they said this, your friend there you go whatever you did is perfect perfect thank you what what your friend is dying see that's the kind of prayer that is almost kind of they're not saying our brother is dying they're saying your friend is dying now now why is that important to me It's just very personal, it may not uh, strike a chord with you, but it strikes a chord with me. Because when I pray, I try to word my prayer. (laughs) Thank you. I try to word my prayer in a way that compels him to do something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, have you ever, let me just give you a silly example. Have you ever prayed for a lottery ticket and said, dear God, if you let me win, I will pay off the church building and feed 50 billion homeless people. You see what I'm trying to do here? I mean, it's, it's, it's your friend. You try to word it in a way to where he does something. You're trying to show God, I'm not being selfish here. Have you ever quoted a scripture to the Lord to show him how unselfish you are? <laughs> are you with me? So he says, look, 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 Mary and Martha said, it's, it's your friend. And he still doesn't come. Now I went ahead and went to the end of the story and we saw how Jesus came and, and, and pulled Lazarus out of the grave. But before we get to the end, let's just talk about the middle because a lot of us are in the middle right now. Right, we're in the middle. Uh, We're in the middle of a situation. So let's just dissect it. There's four things that took place while God felt like he was hiding. So let's just dive right into it. Point number one is proximity, Um, proximity. And uh, I, I wanna say this, if you only remember one point for the whole morning, I've got four, but if you only remember one, this is the one I want you to remember should have saved it for the end, but the notes are already done. God is always, always closer than you think he is. Always. If you believe that God is closer to you than the shirt is on your back, he's closer than that. If you feel like God is a billion miles away, he's closer than, it doesn't matter how close you think he is, he's closer than that. He is close. Now what happens when it feels like he's really far? He's close. It doesn't matter what we feel, he's closer than that. He's always closer. Now let me illustrate it this way. I remember when I went to school. Hi Trace, how are you? Stand up on your chair. Go ahead Chase. Trace, you can stand up. That's my man, Trace. How old are you, Trace? Six? Five? When I was his age, I thought the world was flat. <laughs> good job, Trace. Good job, buddy. Good job. You did good. Give Trace a round of applause. You did good. So here, when I was his age, I thought the world was flat. I went to school, and they told me the world was round doesn't feel round. It doesn't look round. Who says it's round? doesn't feel round. And it dawned on I me mean, it doesn't matter what the world feels like. And it doesn't matter what the world looks like. It's still round. It will always be round. It doesn't matter how it feels. I can wake up tomorrow morning and go, it feels round today. I can go to sleep and wake up tomorrow morning, oh, it feels flat today. It doesn't matter what it feels like, it's still round. Why am I trying to tell you that? Because God is always closer to you than what you feel like he is. The way we feel is not a good indication of what's really going on. He is always, always, always closer than he feels. He's always, everyone say always three times on three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. three. He's always closer. And I want to read uh, about eight verses. Um, And if you're taking notes, write down this chapter. Because the whole chapter rocks. Rocks but I'm only gonna read eight verses of it. Um, It's it's chapter 139 in the book of Psalms. David had a moment with God where he realized how close God really is, and he wrote about it. And so um, just put yourself in, just realize that he's talking to us as well as we read. Number one, verse one, you have searched me, Lord, And you know me. Watch this. This is phenomenal. You know when I sit and when I rise. He watches you so he knows you're sitting down right now. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. He knows you so well. He knows what you're thinking. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Man, this is so powerful. It's so powerful. Uh, Come up here real quick. Uh, Can I borrow you for a second? You're such a... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look so cool today. You look so cool. Doesn't he look so cool? my goodness. What's your name? Anthony. Anthony, you are a good-looking boy. This is how the Bible says that he rests. This is the verse we just read. You hem me in behind and before. This is what you hem me in means. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Now watch the rest of this. You lay your hand upon me. Watch this. Go back to the other screen. He just rests his hand on you. Have you ever thought, man, the Lord is watching me. Man, he, thank you, Jesus, that, uh, that was a close car accident. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. You haven't talked to God in weeks, and you say, whoa, thank you, Jesus. Even though you haven't talked to him in weeks, his hand stays on you. Isn't that good? Thank you, Anthony. You can go ahead and sit down. His hand is constantly on you. Watch this. And then he says this in verse six, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. For those of you in the room that you're going, uh, I, I, wow, that's what David said. I can't even understand. How faithful and how close, and you're resting your head. I can't even understand that. Is it easy for you to comprehend that God's hand is just resting on your head? No. Because if you're anything like me, you back up and you say, I would rest my hand on, on, on someone's head unless they act like a fool, and then I'm like, oh, I don't know about you. He does not sound, you can act a fool, and nothing can separate his, he is crazy about you. Rest is everywhere you go. Some of us have made mistakes in our life that we just regret. I didn't say this in the first service, but I just feel it right now to say it. He will not take his hand off of you. I know it's hard for us to understand. It's hard for David to understand. He admitted it. He said, it's too lofty for me to understand, but it's reality. I don't know how the world is round. That's too big for me to understand. You say, well, they taught it in kindergarten. I know, but I still haven't got it. I I don't get it. I don't get it. So watch this. (laughs) Thank you, Dwayne. Watch this, verse seven. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. You know, in some of your Bibles, it says this. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. You know what that means? When I'm out acting like a devil, well, you're still there. Isn't that good? God is always closer to you than what you think. Point number two, and I'm gonna start cruising through a few of these points. Point number two is precision. God is always more right than you think. Not only is he closer than you think, but he's more right than you think, more right than I think. Mary and Martha were upset. Gina, it's so good to see you. Francine, it's so good to see you. Scardino, it's so good to see you. I love seeing friends. All all of you are my friends, by the way, but I just had to get that off my chest. Um, Here's the, uh, he's always more right. Mary and Martha, they did not understand why Jesus is not there. I don't get it. I don't understand. Has somebody that you love ever done something and you're just like, I, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I, I, I would not be surprised if a person that I didn't like and they didn't like me, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. But we love each other and you did it. That's where Mary and Martha are at. They're like, we, you slept at our house. We ate together. We, we've been through things together. And you're, you're not responding? What? What? I don't understand. This is completely wrong. And oftentimes, when when things go wrong, and God doesn't do what we anticipated Him doing, it is so natural for us as human beings to go. I can't see you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know why you didn't respond the way you did. I think I'm going to find something else to do on Sunday. And I'm not gonna talk to you anymore just to show you that I'm upset. I still believe in you. I still know that you died on the cross. I still celebrate Christmas, but I'm upset. I don't know why you did it. So we're gonna just, this is where Mary and Martha are. Now here's the big thing we have to swallow. What are we going to do when that happens? Notice I didn't say if. When it happens, when God decides he's going to do something without your permission, and it's also not your first choice, how do we respond then? What do we do? I want to say he is always more right. He's always more right. God has done so many things in my life where I have begged and I have pleaded and I have prayed for him to say yes and I got a no. And I'm not talking about 50 years ago. You ever notice that people's, you know, testimonies are always like a long time ago. No, no, no. I'm talking about like recently. You can just, Frankie, that, sorry. It's just not gonna happen. And I wanna share with you that he's always, always more right. I'm reading a book right now and I highly recommend it for anyone here that has experienced loss in your life. If somebody has died, um, if a divorce has happened, um, if, if, if there's a handicap in your life and, and God's not healing them, I wanna recommend a book to you. I'm reading it right now. It's called Grace in Disguise. It's a phenomenal book. The author of the book is named Jerry Sitter, S I T T S E R. I'm, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his last name, but it's called Grace in Disguise. I made the mistake of starting to read that book last night at midnight. I couldn't sleep. I got it on my phone. I'm laying in bed and I'm reading it should not have started that book, should not have started that book, because in the first chapter, he talks about how he's driving down the road. A drunk driver hits him. He loses his wife, his daughter, and his mom in one shot. That was the first four pages. And I'm asking myself, why are you reading this in the middle of the night? Read it at one o'clock in the morning, because all I'm doing is crying in the bed. I'm crying. I don't even know this guy, and I'm crying and I'm turning. And it's so hard to read books on your phone because you can read for twenty minutes and still have twenty-four thousand pages to go. <laughs> but he begins to talk about how grace comes in disguise. And when you have to deal with something that you did not expect to ever, ever happen, when you back up and you look at it, you think to yourself, wow, God, only you, only you could have looked at the world and saw that this tragic moment would spur on a series of events that are spectacular. Only God can pull something like that off. And I want to say this, that there will be seasons of your life where you back up and go, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him about this. Have you ever thought that? When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him about this. I've got a list I want to share with you. When we get there with our list, because i got a list too, two things are going to happen. Number one, when we get there, it won't matter anymore. (laughs) Number two, when we get there, we're going to go. And then he's going to say, I know what you're thinking. (laughs) And then he's just going to just show us everything that happened. And we're going to back up and we're going to go. Ah, uh, wow, you're good, <laughs> you're good, you, 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 you're good, you, this guy's good, and I mean that with the utmost respect, but there's, there's more going on, what point am I on, am I on point number three, am I on point number three? I'm on two right now. All right, let me go to three because I'm already in three, so I might as well tell you. Point number three, there's promotion going on. There's always more going on than what we think. Precision, God is always more right than what we think. So the first one's proximity. The second one is precision. And number three is promotion. There's always more going, there's more on the line than what we think. For Mary and Martha, they were upset with God because they wanted their brother to be healed. They had laser focus. I want my brother to be healed and this is how we see when God feels like he's hiding he's hiding to us because our issue right there is not seems like it's not being tended to it, what is going on here with God that issue is extremely important it's incredibly important but when God bowls he likes to knock down more than just one pin Are you with me? Your pen, your issues, a big deal. But he's going to knock down a whole bunch at one time. But he's got to take his time doing it because he's got to get all the pieces together at the same time. Watch this. He finally shows up two days later. It appears to be late. But God started time so he can do whatever he wants with time. Another sermon for another day. So he shows up. Lazarus is dead. Martha, Mary. The only thing worse than an angry lady is two angry ladies. (laughs) Mad. He shows up, and what does Jesus start doing? He starts crying, he breaks down in tears. You say, why is he crying? He already knows he's going to heal Lazarus. Why is he crying? He's crying because he could feel what they're feeling. Mary, Martha, and he feels that and his heart starts crying. And he feels, I just want to tell you, if there's two points that you hear this morning, he feels what you're feeling and it hurts his heart if it hurts you. The Bible just says that even though he loved Mary and Martha, he still stayed two days longer. He's like, I love you. And I feel it. And I want to help you. And it's making me cry not helping you. But there's so much on the line right now. I can't move any faster than I'm supposed to. So he shows up and a couple things happen. Number one, he mentors all of his disciples in that moment. He shows us how much he cares. And then number three, when he brings Lazarus back to life, something happens to Mary to where she begins to love God at a level that she couldn't before. Isn't it frustrating when you, watch this, isn't it frustrating when you want to love God more, but you just can't? How many of you wish you could love God more? I I mean, I wish I could love God more. I want to love God more. I want to be just crazy about him. But there's, it's, It's like a timing thing. And when I see other people, like there's people in this church that you guys can pray for like three or four hours. I I can't. only thing I can do for three or four hours is sleep. I, I can't pray three or four hours. I'm like, how do you do that? That's just amazing. But when you go through a season that tests every fiber in your body. And then you come out and you realize that God was there the whole time your level of intimacy your relationship with him goes to a whole nother level. It's like you can't argue with somebody's experience. You can't argue with it. It's like I just experienced something phenomenal. It's almost like this. Let's say we were to fly to Africa and find all the children that hasn't eaten anything but crumbs their entire life. And we show up with happy meals for all of them. Happy meals, happy meals, happy meals, happy meals. And these kids say, this is the best food in the world. And if you were honest, you would back up and go, actually... It's trash. It's, in fact, we only eat it if there's like nothing else available. In fact, I got a DVD player. Let me show you what happens when you, it, it, this food is terrible. And these kids would go, what? It's the best food in the world. Well, you look back and, well, there's something called a ribeye. <laughs> Unbelievable kids have no idea what you're talking about and oftentimes we're that way we experience a hamburger portion of God and we think oh this is really good little do we know there's so much more available But we got to walk through this season of going, where are you? What's going on? What is happening? And then we come out and we go, man, you were the only one there with me that whole time. Man, that was from the Lord for somebody. You just feel so alone, so alone, so alone. So alone you had so many friends before the closest people in your life were with you before and now everybody seems to be gone and you're looking around and it feels like God's gone too and all the people that said that they love you they're gone too by the time you get back through this you're going to back up and realize he was the only one that never left never left and then you back up and you go oh my goodness and then you realize wow I love you in a way that I could never love you had I not gone through that. Raise your hand if you have already gone through one of those seasons. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Point number four. People. If God ever feels like he's hiding, people. He's always closer than you think he is. Point number one, he's always closer than you think he is. There's more, he, 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 let me read it real quick. There's, there's more, he's more right than you think he is. There's more promotion, there's more happening than you realize. But if you ever really want to find him, if you ever back up and go, nope, I want to find him right now, now, I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there. Right now. I want to find right now. See, there's hungry, and then there's like, give me something to eat or somebody's going to die. Do you know what I mean? There's hungry, and then there's like, things, bad things are about to happen if I don't eat. If you're ever there where I need to find God right now, you will always find him around people need him let me explain mary and martha if they would have looked back at jesus and said where were you for two days where in the world were you jesus would have said back to them there is this woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years and she was bleeding and bleeding and bleeding and bleeding i was taking care of her And What were you doing right after that? Well, this guy came running right up to me and told me about his daughter that was about to die. And and I told him, hey, just, just go back to your house. She's healed. And then what happened right after that? Why weren't you? And then I'm here. If you watch Jesus, he goes from one person in need to the next person in need to the next person in need. And he says this, when you help the least of these, you're helping me. And when you stand in front of him, he's going to say something very perplexing. He's going to say, thank you because you gave to me and you visited me. You and I are gonna look back at him and we're gonna say, I I didn't I didn't ever give anything to you. I I couldn't even see you. I, I didn't visit you. I, I went to church, but I didn't visit you. And he's gonna say back to you, this is in the Bible. When you gave to the least, you were given to me. When you went to go visit people in prison, and prison can be several different things. It can be behind physical bars, It can be behind emotional bars. When you go visit, You are visiting me. And I wanna say this, that if you ever reach the point where you say to yourself, God, I want to be around you. Stop thinking about you and go find somebody that's in a little bit of hurt or in a lot of hurt. Call them up. Meet them for lunch. Invite them to church. Do you know what will happen? you will feel closer to God than you have all week long, maybe all month long, because God has always found exactly where you think he is with hurting people. He's always there. And we say, well, what happens when I'm the hurting person? I'm so glad you asked. Because if you read the chapter, Mary ends the chapter down on her knees before jesus praying about her brother about the whole situation anytime you're on your knees you have found him anytime you're on his on your knees he's always one sentence away When he's a million miles away, that's how you feel. Just know it may feel like that, but he's closer than what you think. You just say one sentence and he's closer than what you think. Would you stand your feet for me, please? I'd like to close with this thought right here. Um, I was 16 years old and and somebody gave me a pickup truck. It was not a nice pickup truck. It was a, it's what I call, we call them beaters where I'm from. It's just a beater, it was a piece. Every single tire was different. Every single wheel was different. It had, I was the only 16 year old that had an eight track. (laughs) It, It was a beater. I had a jam box duct taped into my car with an antenna up with tinfoil wrapped around it so I could have a radio. Beater. I wrecked it six times within a year and a half after I got my license. One time I wrecked it and I didn't, with the fender, the, the bumper, it was a metal and it was cupped under and I couldn't turn my wheel right. It's hard to get home when you can't take a right. It's <laughs> a, a lot of lefts. <laughs> Never mind, you'll think about that when you get home. I remember taking a steel baseball bat and sticking it underneath my bumper and wedging it between the wheel and pulling it to get my bumper out from underneath my wheel, pulling it. Uh, it didn't move. Years later, my dad told me that he was peeking through the Venetian blinds watching me do the whole thing. And I said, you saw me out there? And we never talked about it. He goes, yeah, I watched you do the whole thing trying to move a steel bumper with a baseball bat. And I'm sitting there watching. and... And uh, he goes, I remember looking at you thinking, Frankie, I can fix that whole problem in an hour. I got a friend who's a mechanic, and for 75 bucks, he'll bend that thing back for you. I said, well, why, why didn't you come outside and say, hey, Frankie, he goes, I just wanted to see if you'd ask. And you didn't. As I'm telling you the story right now, I'm a little ticked, right? <laughs> <And> you... <laughs> Even after all of these years, I'm a little, a little bit ticked. But I never forgot that because you know what the Bible says? There's certain things that you will never have unless you ask. The Bible says you have not because you. There's certain things you're going to get even if you don't ask. Like, thanks. The clothes on your back. Did you ask for that shirt? Sure. There's certain things He'll just give you but there's certain things you will not have unless you ask. You say, but he feels far. He's closer than what you think he is.